Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm for, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. We're coming at you right in the middle of summer, right after my 30th birthday, so now I'm officially an old man giving you my thoughts on wrestling. We're just two old, curmudgeonly fucks just giving you our opinions that don't matter. We can now say we're wrestling. both... We can say two thirty-year-olds now giving. Yeah. <laughs> until yep, two, what is it up? Uh, whatever you're at, four more months, and then I'm thirty. Your yeah. So you finally advance on to thirty-one, but till then I'm still the rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. We got my tag team partner, friend, tag team, and, and co-host, the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. What? What? And today we're talking about not only whatever happened at Fighter Fest, because we caught up on that. We're going to be talking about the upcoming Dominion show for New Japan and also some of Fight for the Fallen, which is where the title match between Moxley and Cage got pushed to because of COVID nonsense. Mm-hmm. Not the disease is nonsense, but just shenanigans involving companies uh, infecting each other's top talents and whatnot. <laughs> Or at least putting them in threat, I guess. Moxley never had a positive test, right? He just uh, was in close proximity. Yeah, apparently they did a very good job of quarantining from each other. So apparently their mm-hmm. house basically is like a split level almost. So like Mox stayed on the lower level and Renee stayed on the upper level or something like that. Perfect. That'll make it easier. Perfect quarantining or if you just want to get the hell away from your spouse, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of getting the hell away from your spouse, my my kind of overriding question when it keeps coming to, like, for example, the AEW tag titles is how long do you think Kenny Omega and Adam Page have until they split? I think it's getting close, right? Because it just keeps mm-hmm. hinting. Um, so you had like uh, when FTR at the it was, that was the first week of Fighter Fest, right? FDR and the Elite uh, win their match and uh, go to pass uh, Omega the beer. And then they Omega refuses the beer. They get into a fight. And then it's split with uh, Omega and the Bucks on one side and then FTR and Paige on the other. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so my, my thought is that ultimately, uh, you know, of course, when they split, I feel like it's going to be kind of like Hagman turning heel and Omega during face, but I think it's also going to come up with um, Paige aligning himself with FTR. Yeah, which I would love. Because I think FTR, Paige, and Cody make up the new Four Horsemen with Arn as their manager. That could really work. 
I'm definitely down for that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Other than that, though, as far as people doing the slow burn turns, like for Cody himself, it looks like he's also doing the slow burn kind of heel turn just on himself. And do you still kind of feel like you see the same trajectory for that and that like he's going to be kind of continue to cut away from the Nightmare family, cutting away from the elite and just yeah. sort of like isolating with Arn? Yes, because it's, it's they keeps cutting the promos where he's like, where is my Nightmare family? Where is the elite like kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. And I'm on my own. But then he could just go like, obviously that could turn into like, you guys abandoned me, so I'm going to make my own new family or my new elite or whatever, and then pulls out FTR in the page. Yep. I can definitely see that. Because then I'm also, I'm thinking too, as far as uh, with the tag belts, I, I think they're probably going to hold on to until eventually they drop into FTR, probably. I think they're probably going to be the next to hold the uh, AW tag titles. Yeah. I could see either that or uh, the only other team I could see up there is like the Lucha Bros. Mm. Hmm. I could see that because I, I don't think you want to put on the Young Bucks yet. I think they're really trying to hold that off. Yeah, I think they want to wait for a while for that. Make yeah. that a big moment when they finally win the tag titles. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. How how have you? Uh, liked pages not page sorry omega's trajectory so far with like when he, when they said that he had chosen to like leave new japan and come to AEW, make him an executive uh and then he was supposed to be their top star right like in terms of i guess before like he was before the jericho sign right but yeah uh yeah i believe so yeah so like he was their biggest like get for a little bit of time how have you, what's your opinion, yeah, I guess, of his trajectory so far? I think that a lot of people could very justifiably be kind of disappointed in saying that they've kind of kept him more on the sidelines and more as a tag team star than as a big, like, big marquee single star. But I think in the long run, doing it this way is going to be a lot smarter because, one, I think he's helped establish a lot more people on the roster as far as getting them be bigger threats but then two especially in particular i think this has helped out adam page probably the most because mm-hmm. when eventually that does implode and then eventually you do have the story of adam page versus kenny omega then i think you actually have a really important very interesting specifically aew story to pursue with kenny omega instead of him just being like the top guy which I think if they had just kind of run with that, like him just constantly fighting either Jericho or Moxley or whoever the other top guy is, I feel like in a way that would have gotten a little bit old. And so I think by somewhat soft resetting him to have like a completely new storyline and building these relationships within AEW, I think for the long term is probably much more for the best. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I I didn't realize that like, outright until I was listening to a podcast this week and someone was like, look at the depth of AEW. They were like, where they have someone like Kenny Omega in a tag team and they can just mm-hmm. save him there until they need him as a single star. I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I never thought about it like that. Like <laughs> That too, that too. You know, saving those matchups because yeah, you've been having 
Jericho and Moxley kind of holding down the fort there as the top guys in the world title picture. And let's see, now we've got Brian Cage coming in as kind of the big challenger. But yeah, you've been able to save Kenny. So you can do Kenny versus Moxley or Kenny versus uh, Jericho again at any time mm-hmm. if you need to. The other thing, too, is just mentioning the depth of the roster. One of the things I really appreciate is I feel like a lot of these guys that are kind of in the mid-card, they do have, like, certain established, like, storylines, certain guys that, like, they measure up against. And I think you can see the long-term progression. So, like, with this fight for the fighter Fest we just had, you know, one of the great main events on second night there was Jericho versus uh, Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And even though Orange Cassidy lost, I do still think that that really helped establish him and his one big step up being able to hang with Le Champion Jericho the way that he did. And mm-hmm. I think that that continues to just build in the same way that we want to eventually someday see Darby Allen get that win over Cody. And someday we want to see Jungle Boy beat MJF. Now we also really want to see Orange Cassidy someday beat Chris Jericho. Yeah. And then I think I mean, eventually we're going to have that same chemistry. Like we want to see someday Adam Page beat Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Like, I like they're building a lot of these very interesting sort of matchups in their roster. Yeah, and just like they're just doing stuff slow burn. Like so far, I'm loving the uh, Colt Cabana and Dark Order storyline of just that, yeah, like, that continuous hinting of like he still hasn't uh, like turned yet and still hasn't, but he was like. Now he's winning again because he's been doing these matches with the Dark Order and like they've been cheating to win. He hasn't noticed. And that you're riding a fine line there because I just don't want it to be like, oh, look how the stupid Colcabana, he's not realizing this. So that's going to be interesting how it plays out. But yeah. We don't, I, th- I think one interesting way they could turn that on its head is like say that Colt is like intentionally like pretending like he's not seeing these things because he just doesn't oh, want to come to terms so with like what he has to do to win these days. So he's like constantly just turning a blind eye, basically. Now, if this was WWE, they would uh, show that storyline out by uh, having Colt like in a psychiatrist chair, being like, "No, I yeah, don't like he doesn't even know what reality is anymore. Like he doesn't even see things." Oh God, yeah, that's what they would do. But yeah, no, I, I like this. I I really dig what they're doing with it. Uh, anything else that you wanted to highlight from Fighter Fest? Um, let's see, from Fighter Fest in particular. Also, I mean, I I totally fucking dug the best friends entrance with their uh, getting. Oh, I got the mom with the, with the mom. Death. Oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> that that Such definitely like... I enjoyed because my first car was a minivan, so I was just like, <laughs> oh, brings back memories. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, it, it's taken me a little bit of time to really grow on best friends because, like, I always thought they were all right. But I think now that they're really kind of leading into this weird sort of, like, they're just kind of dork best friends. Like, somehow it's working for me. Yeah. I think as at this point, it's, like, kind of known now, all right, they're not, they're not the serious contenders right now. Right now, they're just the comedy act, which is fine on an AEW show because you do have mm-hmm. so much other serious stuff. Like, you need that... Uh, Levity. <laughs> Look at yeah. me pulling out a great word at like 8.46 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you didn't have anything more from Fighter Fest, I was going to say 
uh, just a, the only result I thought was that was worth it from the WWE's not quote counter programming. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you see that quote from Triple H? I I saw something along those lines. Yeah, it's like they kind of wanted to say competition, but then not. Yeah, he was like, we we don't counter program. We just program for NXT, and it's like, yeah, because you had let's see, over the two nights they had. 12 feuds that needed an, a Great American Bash uh, write-off. So yeah, Triple H, sure. But the the big result, obviously, was Keith Lee, now your North American and NXT uh, champion. Uh, I was shocked by this result. What what did you think? Well, I, you know what? It, it just smells to me like more counter-programming. In this case, obviously not oh, against uh, AEW, but result. against New Japan. No, just against New Japan. It's like, oh, well, they got a guy with two belts? All right, we got a guy with two belts now. Uh, like, I hadn't thought about it like that. Like, fuck your Naito. We got Keith Lee. It's like the meme of, like, uh, we don't need Naito. We have Naito at home. <laughs> and then Naito at home is Keith Lee. <laughs> I mean, Keith Lee is awesome, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still so like uh, anti-WWE and NXT that I literally haven't even watched any Great American Bash. Although the part of me is wanting to go out and watch that double title match just to see the coronation of Keith Lee. It's a good match. It, it is. Uh, it's definitely a match of the, the two nights of... I can say you can definitely skip uh, night one of Great American Bash and uh, there's a couple good matches on uh, night two, but yeah, definitely not like uh, what's the word? Yeah, definitely not like it wasn't. These programs were not ready for a great American Bash, so it definitely was just counter programming. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, as much as they don't want to admit it, they definitely do. Yeah, it's crazy how much they counter program. Um, but yeah, speaking of counter programming, let's. Getting a couple of predictions for this next week of AEW for Fight for the Fallen. Yeah, we got two title matches. We mm-hmm. got some big tag matches. Um, I'm gonna start off with you know what I'm gonna say that um, yeah, all right, I'm, I'll start off with Cody. I think Cody definitely does not lose the title to Sunny Kiss. Yes, as much as that's to gonna be a fun match, I feel like there's no way that uh, Sunny wins. That was absolutely what I was going to say. Is I I've enjoyed them finally bringing out Sunny like this, and this is another thing about the depth, right? Like Sunny Kiss was uh, had matches on like those first couple shows a year ago, right? It was like yeah, it was around this time. It was like the Fighter Fest mm-hmm. and Fight for the Fall last year that we saw Sunny Kiss, and now like then the TV started and he wasn't really around, and now he's like back up. So like. Yeah, bringing guys off the bench, and I think they've done a great job with Sonny Kiss. I've, I've loved the stuff with him and uh, why am I blanking? Uh, Joey Janela. Mm, mm-hmm. That's been great. So yeah, looking forward to this match, but you're right. I think Cody wins that one too. But I have to take a Sonny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I also... So, so, to capitalize on that too, I've been hearing as far as like Cody and the belt not being finished. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do like with the TNT they... title, like remaining yeah, yeah. incomplete, do you think that they should have the kind of held off on it in the way that they did, or do you think they should have debuted the whole title? I think they should have. I think I'm fine with what they did. I mean, 
we're in a pandemic. There's no, you cannot predict whether the belt was going to be finished in the next couple of weeks, months, like maybe like say worst case, it's a year or something like that to have to hold off that long. Um, and I'm fine with it. Like looking how it is. I think it looks okay. People have like said, it looks like a McDonald's title or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do agree. I think it looks a little bit like a McDonald's title, but I also like the idea of kind of holding off on finishing it until presumably they can have more audiences and stuff like that and then bring out like the full finished title as kind of maybe like a celebration of having the live crowd again. Yeah. And just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have my opinions of belts. Like uh, the WWE's new version of the United States belt looks awful. But like mm-hmm. usually what I just get like, annoyed by it when they first debut it and then after a while I just forget about it. Yeah. Because I'm more interested in the story than I am the physical stuff, so. Right, because at the end of the day you need a, an interesting story around that belt to make it really mean something, but. Yeah. And Corey, it and always helps wow, Corey. the belt doesn't look like shit. <laughs> Cody, Cody's been doing a great job with defending it on TV and all these pay-per-views and stuff, or specials, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, sure. I would agree. Ooh, that is one thing I wanted to just throw in. Uh, for Fighter Fest versus Great American Bash, Fighter Fest felt like an actual special event. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not tuning into Dynamite. I'm tuning into Fighter Fest, whereas Great American Bash was just NXT episodes being called the Great American Bash. Mm. That is a big difference. Yeah. Um, but back to Fight for the Fallen. I will also go with a title defense. I'm going to say mm-hmm. that John Moxley does defend his AW World Championship against Brian Cage. And that conclusion came about from the introduction of the fuck the world title with Taz bestowing that on Brian Cage, which I loved. I can understand the people saying, like, are we really just going to redo ECW stuff? But the situation fit. That's what I liked about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it fit with the situation. You know, where they're trying to go after the title and like in their way of retelling the story, the champion is ducking them. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, all right, well, I'm going to decorate it with my own title. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I, I definitely, I think it works. I, I and I think I think you see Brian Cage run with the the fuck of the world for a little bit, and maybe it goes mm-hmm. away. Maybe it sticks around. I don't know, but I just don't see him winning the world championship right now. Yeah, that was going to be my question to you as far as with the FTW championship. Do you think that he keeps that around for a while, or do you think that goes away? I think you might keep it around for the, like uh, the next little while, and then yeah, it should just fade off into the the sunset. Um, I don't think it should be a permanent thing. What about you? I I agree too. I don't think it should be like a permanent belt, but I'm kind of wondering as far as like what would be its uh, shelf life. Like, what should it be just for yeah, like kind of like a short term thing while he's feuding with the champion here, or should it be? Like that, maybe they feud with somebody else for it, and then it could become like a prop in another storyline, or does it just kind of like maybe become unified with something? I could see it becoming a a prop in like a next storyline, and then after that, phase it out. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Yeah, that would work. Like some baby face that's trying to make an ass of him steals it from him a couple times, and then eventually they just like get rid of it. Because it's like, oh, what's worthless now because this guy stole it. <laughs> now, if they really wanted to copy ECW, they would have someone win it off of uh, Brian Cage. 
and just have only Brian Cage and then this one other person as the people that held the title. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's not a bad way to do it. That, they could do something like that. Like, I don't know why I'm weirdly think going to this, but like, I feel like Joey Janela could be like a perfect person to maybe have this kind of storyline. Like, he just somehow steals a flash win over Brian Cage and it just like draws the ire of both of them and it starts a rivalry. Yeah, I could see that. Um, all right. Anyway, outside of random speculation, yeah, I, I do feel like Moxley's probably retaining, especially with weirdly enough. Him having the F to FDW title, I think, makes his chances of winning the AEW title go down. Because without it, I, I actually would have thought that like he'd probably still lose, but maybe he could win it. Yeah. But this seems absolutely. like a, a move to protect him, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. But it just screams to me that like that's what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. FTR versus Lucha Bros. Elite versus Jurassic Express. I think I got to go for the Elite versus Jurassic Express. I feel like it would be, especially with Marco Stunt being actually on the Jurassic Express threesome, I feel like they can't get a win over the Elite. That's too good of a group for Marco Stunt to be in the winning column against. Yeah. If it was just like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus like two of the Elite members, I would give <clears throat> them like more of a chance, but you're right. Mm-hmm. Me too. But yeah, just uh, with Marco Stunt in there, it's like, all right, that's like in New Japan when you see a lung, a young lion on one side of the match and not the other. <laughs> like, oh, I know what's happening here. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I'm going to flip that. Um, I'm going to say the Lucha Brothers get a win over FTR. Okay, Lucha Bros keeping their momentum over the FTR, your book. I'll take yeah. I'll definitely take FTR. I think they need a they need some momentum back after that unfortunate loss that they took in the big old eight man tag. That's okay. Because now we're moving on to something even better. Talked about fight for the fallen for a little bit. And now we're going to be talking about New Japan. We got Dominion coming up with Naito defending double belts, and Evil is coming after him as the New Japan Cup winner, and. It was a very interesting development, not only in the tournament itself, but in the final match. See, because uh, Evil's been living up to his name. He's been acting way more heelish in this tournament, like constantly using chair shots and other illegal moves, like the point where he's like knocking out the ref in like every other match and then like low blowing people, shit like that. Like he's really pushing the limits. And in his final match with Okada, weirdly enough, Gato and Yujiro Takahashi from Bullet Club showed up, attacked Okada while he was down to help Evil win. And Evil's in LIJ, mm. or not Bullet Club. So that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if there was a prearranged uh, agreement there between Evil and them, or if they're just trying to help him out and maybe they've got their own plan going on, but. Very, uh, very interesting stuff. Yeah, you definitely have... surprising too, especially for me that I'm like an outsider on New Japan, and even I was like, "Wow, evil, really?" Yeah, yeah, definitely a big, exciting <laughs> upset win. Like to see evil here in this position, and to see the whatever is going on with Bullet Club. But we have three definite confirmed matches on the show. We have Naito defending the titles against Evil, 
We've got the never open title of Shingo versus Show, and we have the tag titles Golden Ace putting up against Dangerous Techers. So let's see. Out of these three, I'm going to start with the world title match: Naito versus Evil. I think Naito retains both over Evil because uh, even though he did just win the New Japan Cup and he is on an absolute goddamn roll. I just don't see Evil becoming the double champion. I think it's uh, Naito's belts to hold on to, but this is the perfect kind of situation of like nobody's been able to deal with Evil's cheating up until now in the tournament, but Naito is going to be the guy who basically taught Evil a lot of what he knows, being his faction leader and having been with him ever since Evil returned to New Japan from his excursion. So I feel like he's going to be the one who can actually counter and see through the cheating and the bullshit because he can wear the black hat just as well as evil can. So I think it's going to be a lot of back and forth uh, cheating kind of maneuvers and it'll be very exciting. Uh, I hope that cheating leads to a win because I would find it hilarious if evil wins the new Japan cup and then wins the championships. That would be insane. That would be like an Okada esque rise. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah I also think that Naito is gonna win I mean the other outside thing is just wondering like if there is this connection with Bullet Club like how deep does it go because like if somehow I don't know there's some sort of crazy conspiracy and it reveals that like maybe Evil's betrayed LIJ and now he's like the new head of Bullet Club or something maybe he uh, gets the titles too I don't know I feel like that'd be way too much of a shakeup for New Japan, but I, I don't know. Who knows what's going on these days with, uh, like, I don't know how long the bands are going to be as far as not being able to have foreign talent coming in. And of all the groups that that's messed up, like Bullet Club has obviously taken the biggest hit with majority of their membership and their leader being a foreigner who can't be in the country right now. So it, it seems like it'd be kind of like a WWE-esque, like, last minute shock booking thing to do to all of a sudden be like, all right, evil's going to be the head of bullet club now. But yeah, I don't, I don't see new Japan going that direction. So yeah, I don't see it either, but like, who knows? Maybe if like they were in a desperate enough situation, maybe they would have to, but that's that. I don't know. I'm just planning for any outside possibilities. Uh, However, if you're ready to move on to another match, we got the open title match and we got the tag titles match. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Golden Ace retaining championship over Dangerous Techers. Okay. The Golden Ace over Dangerous Techers. So, what is your reasoning? Uh, I just don't think Dangerous Techers, like, I might be, I'm not completely caught up in New Japan. But uh, fool. I just don't think <laughs> uh, I just don't think Dangerous Techers are a big enough team to take it off of uh, Golden Ace. But I might be wrong. Mm. This is just a guess here. That's true. It's true. It's just a guess. I mean, I I definitely can see reasons to keep it on Golden Ace because they're an exciting team, and I just want to see them have it for a while and just defend against various teams. However, I can definitely also see. Dangerous Techers taking it off of them, not only because uh, yeah, Taichi's been kind of on a rise, and he did take the um, 
win over both these guys in New Japan Cup to warrant getting this match. I could also see this as the big catalyst for starting to move towards Ibushi and Tana breaking up because I kind of always envisioned this tag team as being like short term. And yeah, maybe they're two big to... single stars, so mm-hmm. they're not going to be together forever. Exactly. Like that and from the aspect of like, I, I feel like I'd kind of read into this on my own, but there was a Naito interview where he talked about um, <laughs> Ibushi and Tana teaming up for the tag titles. And he had read it as a situation of like, oh, well, of course Ibushi went and did this after being the guy that lost twice at Wrestle Kingdom. He's hiding behind Tanahashi to get success again. Like, because he can't do it on his own. Is basically what Naito mm. was implying. And so I feel like I see this kind of, like, growing hidden resentment with Ibushi, where, like, he's getting angry and it's going to explode at some point, whether it be against Tana or somebody else. And, yeah, like, a little bit of this tag team run is him excited to tag team with his legendary partner and friend Tanahashi. But it's also a little bit of I'm hiding the fact that I lost my opportunity for the heavyweight and intercontinental titles by going for this instead. Yeah. And so I'm wondering when that's going to accelerate again. So I could see them putting the titles on a dangerous techer so that then they would have more options for Ibushi, especially going into um, G1 coming up relatively soon, I would hope. Yeah. Uh, that's August usually, right? Yeah, usually it's August, but with things being off, I don't know if they might move it back to September or October. I don't know. So there's there's that I'm considering as well. Also, just mm-hmm. Dangerous Techers are an awesome team too. So I'd, I'd be, I have a lot of fun seeing them with the title belts, I think. Uh, let's see. And then we got the last one, Shingo versus Show. I think if... So there were two big injuries coming out of the New Japan Cup. Yoshihashi and Yo both got injured. Mm-hmm. I think if Yo had not been injured, I think this would be a lock. Shingo absolutely retains. But with Yo being out at a kind of indefinite amount of time, like if there was ever a perfect time to push Sho as a single star and see what you got, I think this is the time. So I'm going to take Sho, even though it's a little bit of a uh, gamble against Shingo. To... I think it's a decent gamble, though. Yeah. I mean, I I was gonna pick Chingo to retain, but I think you're right. Now with the injury, it's time to see what Show can do. I mean, I'm I'm definitely confident. I feel like he could have an awesome open weight title run. Just the question is whether they want to sacrifice whatever plans. So I would assume that they probably would have had some sort of plans for Shingo here, but then again, they never open title is one that's typically has kind of shorter range, so might not be that big of a deal. They want to change things up, see what you can do with show, and then say if it fails, they could always just put it back on Shingo, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't see why not. But yeah, I'm going to go with show. I feel like it's, I mean, it's very unfortunate timing because I fucking love Yo, and it sucks to have anybody get an injury. But from his perspective, it might be absolute perfect serendipitous timing of like, hey, I got this big singles match, and my tag team partner's not around, so. If there was ever a perfect time to try it out, this is it. So yeah, yeah, uh, there will be other matches on Dominion as well, but there's nothing officially posted for their card. So at this point, it would just be completely random speculation if we were to guess anything else on that card. But looking forward into seeing, so now at this point, uh, 
having watched the New Japan Cup final, seeing the crowds back, dude, it makes such a difference for these shows. Like, it was weird how much I was actually starting to get used to shows without proper audiences. And <laughs> like, not having one again. cheering and stuff like that. Like, like yeah. actual cheering and not just, like, scripted, like, oh, right. we're getting paid exactly. to cheer. But then, yeah, like, hearing the crowd again was just like, holy shit. I missed this. And I can't even imagine how much, like, the wrestlers and the other people in the crowd have missed this, too. Because, yeah, like, the, the, the crowd is so necessary for pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are your thoughts on it? Anticipating for uh, presumably when the crowds will come back soon in America as well. Uh, I want it back. Even I mean, I'll take a quarter audience, absolutely, over what we have to deal with right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, I mean, hell, it was a quarter audience, but those people were cheering for at least, like, double their amount of people. I'll tell you that. Like, they were excited to see some goddamn good pro wrestling. And, you know, whenever in America we are able to get sizable audiences again, I think those people are going to be just doubly excited and make up yes. for that lack of audience. But it's crazy, too, to see. I think I saw something as far as, like, with WWE, they had to cancel something with SummerSlam up in New York as well. So now they're going to have to push back even further when they might eventually have a, a proper audience again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just COVID is just keeps going and keeps going. Second wave is a roaring. Especially down in Florida. Which is like, <laughs> oh, man. I feel bad for how much it like, yeah, like the wrestling is centered in Florida. And then Florida is one of the hotspots for the disease, too. So then, like, there's a part of me that wonders because, like, I've, I've obviously WWE negligence is partially to blame for the outbreaks that they have. But I also wonder just how much is it like Florida culture? I think it's definitely a combination of both. Like, even if I'm just imagining, like, even if they had been as safe as they could have, if they're just stuck around so many jackass Floridians, like how much would a, ne- a break that just would have happened anyway? Oh, it definitely would have. So, yeah, I guess like I could, I can blame them only so much. Still, I still blame them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, looking forward into the world of wrestling too. We've got, I mean, we got like I said, New Japan. We got Dominion coming up with AEW. We got Fight for the Fallen. What is their kind of like next big show? Do we know of what AEW has on the horizon? They uh, have, is it double? Is double or nothing coming up sometime soon? Is that or did that happen? I'm getting my calendar mixed up a little bit. Uh, Double or Nothing will be in the fall, right? I think so. Because that, that seemed to be kind of like their big show last year, right? Yes. Uh, okay, so their next show is supposedly going to be Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. Oh, yeah. So Double or Nothing, I just looked it up, took place back in May. That's right. That was the name of that one. Okay. I feel like until like another year or two of AEW and their events, like I'm never going to get the names of their events straight. Yeah. Because they're all just kind of like, oh, it's the name of a pay-per-view. Like until I eventually figure out what their kind of yearly schedule is. Uh, but the thing is, I think Blood and Guts, I think that's still just temporary. That's because it's just been pushed back from earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that might get pushed back until they can actually get like an actual crowd in front of them. Um, mm-hmm. so it might be, yeah, it might be double or nothing, but it's just not announced yet. Okay. Yeah. I just looked up, uh, yeah. Double or nothing was, yeah. That one back in May where they had the stadium stampede and all that. Ah, okay. So yeah, double or nothing, I think was the one I was thinking of. Or no, that's what I just said. Jesus, it, that stadium stampede happened at double or nothing. You're right. Blood and guts is the next big thing. And yeah, that's going to be exciting when they can have that match. But yeah, unfortunately, I guess due to the, the rules and regulations of that fight, they've had to push it back a little while. Mm-hmm. But that's just life. That's what happens, I guess. Yep. At least, thank good. I mean, as, as glad as and necessary as it was, I guess I'm really glad that on some level, the speaking out thing is like slowed down because it sounds like for now, I suppose we've like expunged out most of the shitty people that we know about in wrestling. And so now the other yeah. people that we know about are just still under the radar. We'll find out about them someday, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think we just have to make sure we just continue to pay attention to it. So, Yeah, exactly. I think it's just one of those things where like, it has to remain as a part of the culture that's an accepted and positive thing that like you can be able to share your story so that then this stuff doesn't have the chance to build up in the way that it did again. Mm-hmm. Or in general, hopefully not happen nearly as much, but, you know. I feel like I'm a little bit of a cynical realist and thinking that, like, abuse in the entertainment industry isn't going to happen is just literally never going to happen. Yeah. Like, but You can always get it lesser and lesser, but, yeah. Exactly. As long as you're dealing with people. Just... As long as we just keep our eye on it and keep it at the center of attention, then. Yeah. Definitely. Although, so another crazy sort of thing tangentially related, so we can uh, probably finish up here pretty soon, but I wanted to touch back on the Hana Kimura thing. So there's been some more things that have come to light as far as her uh, suicide and the way that the TV studios that were sort of directing her um, reality TV show Terrace House that she was on, it sounds like a lot more of the scenarios that she was involved in were not only being like pushed on her, even though she didn't want to by the producers, but then afterwards when she was trying to sort of express to them the complications and problems that she was facing due to that, they were really sort of like negligent and almost kind of like dismissal towards the sort of problems of the backlash that she was facing. So that just really is like even more disgusting how much of this is just not just like a tragedy of mental health and someone taking their own life, but this seems like so much more of like this, you know, this culture and the TV studio just not giving a shit at all and like almost pushing her into this kind of a thing. Not that like they probably wanted her to kill herself or anything, but just not giving a shit that like the signs and groundwork for why she killed herself was there. Like just not caring about her as a person. Yeah, it's just, it's the reality television culture where all we care about is clicks and views and not about the actual people. Right. And yeah, like, it's just, it's just kind of like a sad extension of the fact that, like, I don't know, I think weirdly enough, wrestling is one of the forms of entertainment that helped me, like, break this cycle for myself. And that, like, when you really see what's happening in wrestling, like, you being entertained by people, like, really sacrificing their fucking time and their bodies and their minds to be able to put on these shows for you. Like, for me, 
I never cared so much more about the actor underneath the character than in wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, and then for me, that just really kind of helps establish like how much I don't just care about being entertained by the shows being put on by them, but like I actually want the welfare of the entertainers. Like I, that's important to me. Like I don't want the wrestlers to get hurt. Like I don't want them to be feeling like shit. Like I want them to know that like you know when they've done a good job that we appreciate their sacrifice as fans. Mm-hmm. You know, as, compared to other actors, I feel like I don't have that same sort of connection. But I don't know with wrestlers, I feel like there's that that more of that direct connection. But I don't know. Do you feel that same way? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think I think you're I think that's the same for me that I am. Um, I I did become more aware of that when I started watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's strange. I had never thought about it like that before. Yeah, because like for normal TV show, and I still don't have that much sympathy, but I guess I still maybe do more than I used to as far as just like, yeah, I want them to be like well-paid or accommodated, not abused by their boss or whatever and have like safety in their job. Because like in wrestling, it's, it's so much more apparent, those kind of problems. And I guess we've heard some more of those horror stories of be people being manipulated by their promoters. And it's just like, man, it's, it's a fucking tough and scary business. And I mean, yep. as a big fan of it, I appreciate so much what they do to put on those shows. So it's like, Man, I just I just want all you guys and girls out there being wrestlers to fucking be safe mm-hmm. while you're putting on these damn good shows for us because I, I appreciate it. And it's not worth the, the long term consequence of somebody being, you know, hurt or killed or whatever. Put on a show. Yeah. You know, especially when something that's so preventable like the Hanukkah Mora situation, like that just it sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's coming, This the article came from her mom, too, which is the worst part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, having to go through that and trying to find answers in that kind of situation, I can't even imagine the, the suffering that she's going through. Yeah. But, yeah, hopefully this week, you know, talking about some wrestling and whatnot, I know it, at least it, it leaves a suffering for me you know, having just like some time to talk about and escape out of the world and talk about something different. Hopefully all of you coming into listening, this is a nice distraction out of your week or your day, whatever. And you could hear us talk about wrestling and some stupid shit. And, uh, which is what it's supposed to be at the end of the day, a distraction from the real world. Exactly. Exactly. If you're not having fun with it, then what are you doing? (laughs) See, uh, any, any, uh, closing thoughts for yourself before we, uh, sign off this week? Yeah, uh, everyone just wear a mask, stay safe, wash your hands, uh, be vigilant in in these times. That's that's all you can do, and just focus on yourself. True. I mean, yeah, as weird as that is, it's like just focus on doing what you can do to combat this shit. Because yeah, each one of us can fuck it up basically for everybody else. So don't be a fuck up. <laughs> wash your goddamn hands. Wear your mask. And uh, we'll catch you all next time with some more wrestling. All right. Sounds good. Peace out, everybody.